Amen. This morning we will finish off our series in Hebrews with the first two verses of chapter 12. Um, Next week, uh, just so you know, we will return to the Sermon on the Mount. So this time last year, we went through the Beatitudes at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, taking one each week. Um, Over the next kind of term to the end of December, I hope to just follow through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5. This morning, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll read the first two verses together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Christianity Explored has the tagline, uh, One Life, What's It All About? And of course, as Christians, uh, we know what life is all about. It's about knowing Christ and becoming like him. The writer to the Hebrews, he wants to encourage Christian believers to Keep going in the Christian life. Keep striving to be more like Jesus. But as we have seen these past weeks and months, he is writing to believers who are discouraged, who are drifting, who are tempted to ditch the faith. They feel despondent and really just want to duck down and not be noticed. Uh, A number of weeks ago, I referred to Christians suffering from chameleon syndrome, um, suggesting that just those who want to kind of just shy away from their faith. But it may well have gone over your head, because I have thought my whole life that a chameleon was actually called a chameleon. But it has been pointed out to me by someone who loves me and has my best interests at heart. So um, I do know it's now chameleon. But however, these are weary Christians. And the writer wants to encourage them to keep going. And chapter 11, which we have taken time to work through, Chapter 11 presents to believers then and now examples of faith of those who have kept going. And here, these first couple of verses of of chapter 12, they, they really bring this whole section to a conclusion, to a climax. And the writer here refers to the Christian life as a race. And the language he uses suggests really more of a long-distance marathon 
that involves struggle. In fact, the word here for race is used other times in the New Testament to refer to toil and struggle. These believers, um, they have known struggles themselves and sufferings. We saw at the end of chapter 10, they have been afflicted, they've been mistreated, and they've been shamed because of their faith in Christ. And if they want to continue running this race, if we today want to continue running the race, then I believe there are three things that we need to do from these first two verses in chapter 12. We need to look to those who have gone before. We need to look to ourselves. And we need to look to Jesus. So firstly, look to those who have gone before. Start at verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The writer includes himself here. He too, we all, each one of us, need encouragement to keep running this race. And he's saying to the people, look at the examples I have just given you. Think of those like Enoch and Noah. They stood out in their day that they were scorned for their faith. Perhaps those like Abraham who had no idea what the future would be, who waited a lifetime for answered prayer, who was willing to make an unthinkable sacrifice, and yet in the midst of all of this, struggling and continuing to battle through his own sin. Or like Moses, who who had a death threat over his own life, he had a very mixed up family life, and who himself murdered someone. He's saying, look at these, each of these, and many more. They have finished the race. They remained by faith to the end. And they speak to us today. They, They cheer us on, as it were, for us to to finish the race. The writer wants these struggling believers to look at those who have gone before and to know it can be done. Perhaps when we think of those who have gone before us, perhaps those listed in Hebrews 11, right up to those we have known personally, those we have loved, those we have watched suffer, and how they might even speak to us today. What might their testimony to us be? Perhaps it would simply be, from, from their now vantage point, it's worth it. Come on, just keep going. You'll soon be here too. Just keep going. That the writer wants believers to, to take encouragement, to look at those who have gone before and see they have made it to the end by faith. You can too. So we need to look to those who have gone before. Secondly, we need to look to ourselves. Perhaps you've been told that at some point or other, You need to take a good, long, hard look at yourself. 
And I think that's essentially uh, what the writer wants us to do here. He says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. At this time it was common for athletes to run naked and barefoot so nothing would hinder them from the race. And the point the writer is wanting to make, we, we need to look at ourselves and lose everything and anything that might hold us back or distract us from running the race. So I want to ask, what is weighing you down? What holds you back? What is distracting you from fully engaging in this race, following Christ, becoming like him? Perhaps it's a friendship or another relationship and, and you just know the conversation is never focused on Christ. Perhaps it's your own ambitions. Perhaps work goals, financial goals, house goals, fitness goals. All of this just seems to take up so much time and focus and thought. Perhaps it's a desire to be recognized or liked or to be popular. All taking your time and focus away from running the race. Perhaps you feel crippled with the guilt of past sins and, and this seems to just hold you back from running the race. We're to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Focus here is clearly sin. One writer makes the point. He says, It is not persecution, but sin that hampers the running. It is not suffering, but sin that hinders us from running this race. It is not difficult or unfortunate circumstances, but sin that hinders us from running the race. So if we are serious about running this race, we've got to look at ourselves and get rid of sin. You see, what, what is the race all about? It's about becoming like Jesus. Sinless perfection in the end. So we need to get rid of sin. Sin that clings so close. Other translations say sin that easily entangles or ensnares us or, or slows us down. I wonder what sins cling close to you. Or what, what sins are you addicted to? I think when we think of kind of being addicted to sin, we, we think of those perhaps highlighted uh, addictions. And we'll think, well, I, I'm not addicted to sin. I, I do sin, but I'm not addicted to sin. You think you're not addicted to sin? Okay, well then, just stop being unjustly angry. Or just, just stop holding on to that bitterness. 
or stop speaking unkindly to others, about others. Just stop putting yourself before others. (laughs) See? We're all addicted to sin. So take time. Take a look at yourself. It may even be helpful to to write down what, what is distracting you, what's holding you back from running the race. So we lay aside every weight and sin, and then let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We've got to run the race that is set before us. Do you know, we don't write our own stories. Isn't that true? We are given a story. We are given a path, a race to run by God. And that is God's way of sanctifying us, making us more like Jesus. Now, of course, many of us wouldn't choose the path we've been given. And I really think the only way to finish the race is to simply keep going. And I think that's the sense here of enduring the race. I try to go to the gym um, early mornings on weekdays. And of course there are days I feel like it and there are days I don't. Um, There are days I feel like I'm making a lot of progress. There are other days it feels like one step forward and two steps back. And I follow a few... um, fitness people on Twitter and of course they'll all have different advice and strategies for whatever your desired goal may be but there's one common thread that comes through with each person and that is just show up no matter what you feel like just turn up and do something and I really think the Christian race is a bit like that because if we're honest there's days we will feel like that And there are days we won't. There are days we will be so motivated, we'll be bouncing, ready to live for Christ. And there are days we just want to pull the pillow over our heads. There are days we'll feel we're making progress. And there might be days we're asking ourselves, am I even a Christian? But whether we feel like it or not, I think the writer's trying to say, just keep going. Keep running. Keep striving to be like Jesus. We might not feel overly motivated or excited or even happy, but we can become like Jesus. And isn't that what life is about? I look back on one particular year in my life, a year where I felt particularly low, And I remember a real turning point. I I can't often pinpoint turning points, I don't think, in my life. But I do really specifically remember this. And I think the turning point for me was realizing this. I may not feel happy all of the time, but I can be godly. And I think realizing that gave me real determination and purpose and motivation to keep going. It allowed me to see that actually no matter how I felt, 
no day needed to be wasted. You see, whatever circumstances we are given, whatever the race that is set before us, just keep running. Keep striving to be like Jesus. So we look to those who have gone before. We look to ourselves. And then we look to Jesus himself. First to we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If we really want to run this race, we have got to look to Jesus. Now, a lot of what I've said so far has maybe left us feeling a bit burdened, feeling like it's, it's all on us. But it is looking to Jesus that we realize, actually, it is not on us. But in fact, he has done everything necessary to bring us to the end of the race. Jesus lived a life of sinless, perfect obedience before God. He died on the cross paying the price for our sin. He rose again proving his payment was sufficient. And he returned to the Father's side where he sits at his right hand proving his work on our behalf was in fact perfect and complete. And he's poured out the Holy Spirit upon us that we might be empowered for the race that God has set before us. You see, our beginning, our continuing, and indeed our completing this race is completely dependent upon Jesus Christ. You see, we can look at all these examples of faith in chapter 11 and we can think, well, I just need to have their faith. I just need to muster up a little more. I just need to be a little stronger. Every example we read is one who Jesus has kept to the end. The late Tim Keller once said, this is good, he said, if you're falling off a cliff, strong faith in a weak branch is fatally inferior to weak faith in a strong branch. See, salvation is not finally based on the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith. And so it's important to see that as we struggle on in this race, the key thing is, is never the strength of our faith, but the object of our faith, that is Jesus Christ. We must look to Jesus. As we strive to lay aside every weight and sin, we look to Jesus, our perfect example. 
The one who lived without sin. The one who died to take sin's penalty. The one who rose again breaking sin's curse. And the very power that allowed Jesus to run his race to defeat sin and death is the power he has given to us to run our race. Paul tells us very clearly in Romans 8, it is by the Spirit of God that we put sin to death. We've already made clear on this race we continue to sin. We continually battle and struggle against sin. And we said that guilt can often hold us back and distract us and cripple us at times. I wonder when when you sin, do you ever play that sin over in your mind? Sometimes this can last. We can do this for days. We can do it for weeks. We can even do it for years. We play it over. We replay it. And then we feel regret and shame. It can really halt us from running this race. I think there are many different ways we can respond to guilt. We can just give up thinking, you know, it's It's easier just to buy out of the race and not try anymore. Or we can make a resolution to do better. Perhaps it's a sin we've repeated many times. And when we feel guilty again, we we resolve, right, I, I will never do that again. But then when we do it again, we feel even more guilty. And I know this is so often my pattern. Or perhaps we compare ourselves to others and think, well, I'm not actually that bad compared to this person. Or perhaps we think, well, I'm absolutely terrible because, well, that that person that goes to church, they would never, I know, I just know they would never do what I've just done. We can label ourselves a victim and wallow in self-pity about the guilt that we feel. Or, We can look to Jesus. You see, the reason we feel feel guilty is because we are guilty. We have sinned against God, and, and yet we know the only way to deal with our sin is through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the way to deal with guilt, it's not to give up running. It's not to resolve to do better so we don't feel guilty again. It's not to compare ourselves. It's not to victimize ourselves. The way to deal with guilt is to look to Jesus Christ. The one who has taken the punishment for our sin and removed guilt from us. Remember, Christ died in our place as a perfect sacrifice. He lives forever in the throne of heaven, ministering. What is Christ doing now? He's ministering on our behalf. John assures us in 1 John 2, when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ is there in heaven, presently pleading to the Father on our behalf. And what is he pleading? 
He's pleading his own sinless life and perfect sacrifice on our behalf, and that is forever perfectly acceptable to God. Our sin is forever forgiven before God. And so our guilt is forever taken away before God. Because of Jesus Christ, God has declared us not guilty. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, who are we, really, who are we to heap condemnation and guilt upon ourselves when the judge of all the earth has already acquitted and cleared and freed us? The penalty has been paid. Justice has been done. We are cleared of guilt forever. What did we sing this morning? When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him, Christ, and pardon me. You see, we will never find freedom or peace by looking to ourselves. Our only hope of freedom and peace is looking to Jesus. So what do we do when we sin and when we feel guilty? We draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith, knowing our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That as we come to God confessing our sin, recognizing again how much we desperately need Jesus, and as we do that, we realize again just how great a Savior Christ is. And then, we keep running. We just keep running. There's no guilt to hold us back. Past, present, or future sin cannot take us off this race. Christ's Perfection has brought us on to this race. Christ's perfection will sustain us through this race. And Christ's perfection will bring us over the finish line. Perhaps you're here this morning and you do not know Christ and the peace that he is able to offer you. And perhaps what's holding you back is, is you're, you're conscious of your own sin. You think, I'm too bad. I've sinned too great to ever be accepted by God. Salvation is not on your shoulders. May you look to Jesus Christ today and know the peace and the freedom that he alone can bring. I was speaking to someone just during the week and they were telling me of a family member who never took communion because they never felt 
good enough. I want to say loud and clear, the criteria for communion this morning at any time we meet is knowing how bad you are and yet how good and sufficient Jesus Christ is. So we run with endurance the race that is marked before us, looking to Jesus. Jesus is our perfect example of one who endured suffering for the joy that was set before him. Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was before him, resurrection, ascension, glorification in the Father's presence and an inheritance of nations. We too, we endure now for the joy that is before us. Suffering now will give way to endless joy. Anxiety now will give way to perfect peace. Death now will give way to life eternal. Struggle with sin now will give way to freedom from sin, glorification in God's presence, and joining all God's people to experience full and final salvation. The race feels long. It can be exhausting. And it can often feel like an uphill climb. But it will be worth it. We think again of all those who've gone before us and in a sense cheering us on. And I, I kind of picture in my mind a, a guard of honour of all the saints who've gone before us and they gathered into two lines like in a, in a V-shape and at the point connecting them all is Jesus. And the saints, they're all looking one way. They're looking to Jesus. They're drawing us to him. Look to Jesus Christ. We run now looking to Jesus. And when we cross that finish line, what do we get? We get Jesus. Our eternal reward and joy. Let us pray. Our God, will you please draw us to Christ today. Help us to have our eyes firmly fixed on him. Our eternal joy, our eternal reward. May we leave with our souls more satisfied in him today. And may it change how we live this week. The more we look to Jesus, may we more easily just drop off those weights and sins that can so easily entangle us and keep us from running the race. Fix our eyes on him, we pray. In his name. Amen.